Yeah, I apologize. I've been kind of sick the last few days, so I hope I don't sound too stuffy. No, you sound good. You just need to shut your camera off, and then we'll be good to go. I didn't realize I offended you. Oh, it's just proactive. I, I get it. Do you? Not all, not all of us are. I don't want you. This early. I, I don't want you to shut your camera off. I want you to want to shut your camera off. <laughs> I want I just, you to want me. Damn it, Amanda. That was a good one. Oh, sorry. Oh. I'm the worst. Yo, this place is big. We should split up finding Will. Said no one who survived a horror movie ever. Because as you know, in every horror movie, the first rule of survival is never leave your friends. So don't split up if you want to make it to the end. No, don't. Don't split up. Welcome back to the Don't Split Up Horror Podcast. This is episode number 32, and since we've been in the woods with the Evil Dead, we figured we should stay in the woods for the new cinematic release, The Blair Witch. If you've never listened to one of our recent release episodes, we will spend the first part of the episode uh, spoiler-free, telling you just our general impressions on the film, and then when we are ready to dive into spoilers, we will give you plenty of warning. So if you're still wondering whether you should see the film, go ahead and listen up, and then you'll know when to stop to avoid spoilers. I am J.R. Foresteros. I'm Amanda Foresteros. I'm Moza Haiti. And I'm Stacy Silveri. If you have been listening for a long time, you know that in episode four, we dedicated a whole discussion to the original Blair Witch Project, which came out in 1999. But since this is a direct sequel to that film, I figured we should uh, just briefly revisit our experiences with the original Blair Witch Project. So the Blair Witch Project is considered the godfather of found footage horror. It came out in 1999. It cost almost nothing to make and made back an insanely huge profit uh, because it was so low budget and so popular. I mean, it was a cultural phenomenon, uh, mostly because they marketed the film as though it was a true story. And many people like me were stupid enough to believe it. So uh, when did you first see the Blair Witch Project and what did you think of it when you saw it? I saw it when it first came out. I think if I recall number four correctly, episode four, that is, JR, I think you and I were the ones who saw it in theater, believed the hype, and were the most effective. Yeah, I, I saw it in theaters the opening weekend. I The whole time I was watching the movie, I kept saying, I can't believe this is real. I'm, and it was so scary because I thought it was real. And it wasn't until like a week after the film came out that I saw one of the – they finally like unsequestered all of the actors, and one of them appeared on Leno. And that was when I realized it was fake, and relief well, washed over me. And this really was the first time that they did the whole pre-buildup, correct? I mean, this was the first time we got lied to, and then there was the marketing and everything to really present it as true. And then you had, like, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, et cetera, like all these other you know movies try to pick that up and run with it. Well, the original Texas Chainsaw came out in, I think, like, 74. Yeah, and, sometime in the 70s. And they just presented it as a true story, but there was no buildup to it. I forgot right? about that one. Um, this, this movie, they actually created a fake documentary – uh, called the, uh, I think it's the Curse of the Blair Witch, which they aired on the Sci-Fi Channel, and it was just, it was played completely straight. They had an interview with the, uh, the sheriff of Burkittsville talking about the search for the kids and interviews with their families and all this kind of stuff. Uh, so yeah, I mean, and it was, it was in that age where there was just enough internet that they were able to get all this stuff to everyone, but not enough internet that you could figure out that it was fake. Like it was, it was like the perfect storm of opportunity 
that made this film able to launch the way it did. So, uh, Amanda, Stacey, like, when did you see the Blair Witch Project, and and did you like it? I guess I need to go and listen to our episode because I'm pretty sure I saw it in theaters too. I don't think that I saw it in in like opening weekend or anything, but I for sure thought that it was real for a little while, and I was just confused by the entire thing. Like, it was pretty creepy, uh, but I I just I couldn't really tell what was going on all the time and. I think part of that made it really, really scary. Yeah, I definitely was the only one who didn't see it in theaters, I think. Um, and I can't really remember, but I might have watched it for the first time for the podcast. And I definitely wasn't that big of a fan. I mean, <laughs> maybe maybe if I would have got the hype like everybody did, I feel like that was the true success of the first one, was all of the hype and the buildup of the movie and not necessarily the movie in itself. Yeah, I remember you seeing all of that, Stace. Actually, I would have to say definitely the hype is what made it because the movie itself, even as we rewatched it, wasn't that great. It was the idea that this was real, that 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 was actually found footage. And like Jr. said, 1999 is, I believe, the year my family got their first like household computer and dial up was around like Internet fact checking things was not even a thing that you thought about or did back then. I don't know. That was that was pre Google, I believe, like you just had AOL. So. I mean, it was, yeah, you just, what was on TV, you believed because it was on TV, right? One of the things I think y'all are selling the film short about is it's not just that they said that the film was real. The film felt real. Like the actors were very convincing. Yeah. The, the way everything was shot, the idea of the found footage. And that was partly how they made the film. I mean, they, they, they shot and, and, and lived in the woods in such a way that the actors were pushed into the realm of real reactions. You had the iconic, you know, sniveling snot. Uh, what's the uh, edit with the girl? Yeah, scene. Thank you. <laughs> I got you, Mo. Don't uh, worry. No, Jr. You're absolutely right. It felt so real. I mean, that girl was just bawling to the point where snot was, you know, going down her face at the same rate as tears, and it was like, what are we watching? <laughs> and I think that's one of the things we'll see that, that I think was a major difference from this film is, you know, that that's a perfect example of something that was so totally unselfconscious. And you just don't see that in most films, like most films still keep their actors pretty. And that takes away a level of verisimilitude that I think this new film does lack uh, that the Blair Witch had. The actors looked gross. They looked dirty. They didn't act like they were acting, as weird as that sounds. And that I think that was a testament to how successful the film was. Uh, so no, there was a level of panic prevalent in the first film that I, I would definitely agree that this film lacks. Mm -hmm. I'd agree as well. So uh, what did you think of Blair Witch 2 Book of Shadows? Say what? What movie? <laughs> yeah, I didn't see it. I say, I've never heard of it. Oh, my gosh, you guys. Sorry. An no, unreliable no, 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 no. source said you it was no good. You should not ever see it. It's <laughs> it's universally regarded as a terrible film. So Blair Witch 2, The Book of Shadows came out in 2000. Uh, so uh, the year after the Blair Witch Project, trying to capitalize, obviously. And they, they knew that they were making a movie that was a sequel to a movie that everyone thought was real, but now knew was not real. Right. And so they, they knew they couldn't replicate that same sense of like horror that the first film had so they tried to do something different uh the the plot of the film was basically like now that blair witch came out everyone goes to burkittsville 
and goes into the woods looking for this thing that this movie made up, except it's real. <laughs> and they they tried to put all the stuff in the movie where they were like, oh my gosh, you guys, when the movie was over, we went to start editing and we saw all this crazy stuff in the movie. Like if you walk past this row of lockers that has all these old locks on them and they're in the shape of a pentagram. And then they show you all these old lockers that have all these locks hanging on them. And then they trace out a pentagram and you're like, oh, I mean, I, I guess if you say that makes a pentagram, you could probably also make a unicorn, you know, if you just drew lines differently. Also, you definitely put those locks there. Like that's a set that you made. So it, it just was really silly. Sounds hashtag believable. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And then, and then the actual film itself was unbelievably dumb. Uh, so it, it was just really, 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 really bad. Well, Can we really get some glad. quick spoilers? Do they all die a terrible Blair Witch death? I don't remember. I only watched it once mm. and that was probably in 2000. Um, I, I actually bought the DVD because they talked about how much um, how, how much of the secret features. It was called the secret of Esravet, which is the word reverse in reverse. <laughs> and there was something about if you watch the movie backwards, I like it was oh gosh. again like they, they pulled out all the stops, huh? They yeah, did. it was it's... elaborately dumb. Well, I'm glad that you saved us from it, and you didn't make <laughs> us watch it just right? so that we could have a little mini conversation. Yeah, about it. no, uh, you're welcome. It was terrible. Um, so the new film, The Blair Witch, uh, it's from writer director. Uh, the writer was Simon Barrett, and the director is Adam Wingard. They collaborated on Your Next, which have you all seen that? I've yet to see that one. We are definitely doing that one. It is fantastic. Um, They also did a film called The Guest, which I have heard nothing but good about, but have not seen. Correct. Okay. I've heard nothing. And then uh, they but they had two segments in the VHS franchise. Do you remember? Uh, Oh, you've got them right here. In the original VHS, they did the framing narrative, which was the the guys who were um, filming like. Uh, pornography films like they run up and like pull up girls clothes and uh, basically molest them on camera and then sell them on like black market pornography channels and they're the ones that find the house with all of the tapes in it and then are picked off one by one spoiler for VHS Um, and then in VHS 2 the segment was called phase one clinical trials and it was the guy who lost his eye in a car accident Oh, that was such a good one and then got the got the electronic eye and then start (laughs) seeing ghosts that one was so good Ooh, that yeah. sounds not fun. Oh, Stace, you have to watch the VHSs. Yeah, they're again, I, got, so I have good. to reiterate. Talk about great shorts. Yeah, they're so good. Yeah, if you if you've never seen the VHS films, they are anthology films, and so you have uh, between four and six short horror films that are probably what like ten minutes or less mm-hmm. each. Ish, yeah, yeah, uh, and they're they're just tremendous terrifying well maybe that's what i'll do tonight then i don't don't have homework and actually uh edgar sanchez the director of the original blair witch project has a short in the second vhs which is Mm -hmm. another one of my favorites it's the guy who's uh riding his bike oh Mm -hmm. no say no more say no more okay yeah so uh that that one which it was again i just thought was absolutely tremendous Mm -hmm. personally the best one of the second one the riding the bike that's one yes yeah, I think the uh, I think the documentary about the cult was pretty amazing. Also awesome. I just that was a first for me. I've never seen that really before, yeah. and I wasn't expecting it to go there at all. I, yeah. I really really liked that one. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I I personally love VHS two. That's my favorite of the the series. Though I think VHS one was also really great. And if you're gonna watch both of them, I would start with VHS, then go to VHS two, and I then you can basically pretend VHS viral doesn't exist. Yeah, you can <laughs> if you're in for a good laugh. Uh, like you're really wanting some comedy after all of the the terror of the first two VHSs, then yeah, definitely. There's VHS one. Three is redonk. There's one segment in VHS viral which is great, which is the dimensional one. Oh yeah. But the others are pretty worthless. So, in my opinion, sorry I'm if you're curious. listening. I'm VHS curious to hear what our listeners think because I honestly I think VHS one has a soft spot in my heart. While VHS two is still amazing. Uh, the whole concept was new to me, and VH1 is so well done that I think it just still wins out because. Not interesting. Okay, all right, fair enough. Um, so anyway, that's 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 what uh, Simon Barrett and Adam Wingard's sort of history is. They've been working on the Blair Witch for three years, and uh, the the advanced screening I got to see of the Blair Witch had a Q and A with them afterwards. And, and they, they talked about how they surprised everyone with this new film. It's at Lionsgate. And they were working on a Blair Witch sequel. But, of course, he said, we didn't want to talk. We didn't want to tell the Internet we were working on a Blair Witch sequel for three years. And then have three years of people making stupid comments about it. Uh, <laughs> and, and so they called it The Woods at Lionsgate. And they were just making this found footage horror movie. They said it was it was hilarious because they were trying to make it uh, they were trying to make it a. They were trying to make a Blair Witch sequel without telling everyone it was a Blair Witch sequel, but they'd be recruiting cast and stuff, and they'd say, hey, come work on this found footage horror movie that's in the woods that's not the Blair Witch Project. (laughs) 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 Uh, And and they said, of course, once people signed on and found out what it actually was, they got really excited. Uh, But when they began marketing this film, they decided just to run with that. And so they released a trailer. I'm sure, do do you all remember the trailer for The Woods? Yeah, I was excited to see it at that point. Yeah, and, and it was not revealed at that point that it was it, it was a direct Blair Witch Project sequel mm-hmm. until Comic-Con this last year. And at Comic-Con, they had a, a surprise screening for it. Everyone gets in the room, the movie starts, and, you know, about, like, five minutes in, everyone's, wait a second, is this what? And then, of course, it becomes clear that it's a Blair Witch sequel. And so then they, after that screening, they released a new poster and a new trailer with the actual name of the film. So, so which Stacey, made you more excited? Yeah, I was gonna say, Stacy, you were less. you were more excited, or you were excited to see the woods. What happened when you found out it was a sequel? Um, I kind of had no expectations. I wasn't personally a fan of the Blair Witch just because of the found footage. So just to see, I feel like just getting like a repeat of the original, I just kind of lost all interest. Okay. Amanda, I know you were just a hater from the beginning. Listen, I'm sorry. I don't want to be that person, but I am. Yeah, I'm definitely. I'm. I am so a hater, Embrace and it. I was. I was so. I was already annoyed that we were going to have to watch the woods, and then when I found out it was tied to the Blair Witch, I was like, "Oh no!" I just really am so over found footage. I want to see something new and fresh. I don't want to have to revisit old ideas over and over and over again. I'm getting so bored with Hollywood duplicating everything in the first place. And I've already Mm -hmm. been over found footage that I was in the same boat. Amanda was, I was like, there's no way I'll enjoy this. So here's the thing for me. I don't disagree with anything any of you said, but it's like, if you have an amazing, it's like when Ridley Scott said he was going to make Prometheus, which is not the best analogy. I know because that movie was so, so, 
But it's like, there have been so many imitators of Alien, and that's annoying. But then when the guy who did the original is going to come back and play in that universe, I was excited and hopeful. Because I was like, well, yeah, I know there's a lot of derivative crap out there. I know found footage is so cheesy and done so badly. But look at look at this. This is a franchise that I loved and that I still love. I guess I shouldn't say franchise. I should say just the one film. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> But I had hope that if anyone could do, if there was any, if there was any found footage horror film that I would love, it would be another Blair Witch. I, I guess let me interrupt you there and tell you why that's a bad analogy and why I was more excited for Prometheus than I was Blair Witch, whatever number. Um, Prometheus was you could consider kind of an origin story, correct? It was yeah. a new, mm-hmm. new well, portion almost, of... Well, right? almost, like, right? It was almost like a pre-origin story. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but a new part of an old tale. So you were excited, you were getting more lore, uh, in my case, backstory. Either way, it was a new tale. Had Blair Witch done something like that, said, hey, we're going to take it back to the origin, or we're going to take it back to right after the origin, or we're going to show the exodus of this town that the Blair Witch, um, you know, terrorized. That's fresh, that's new, that's exciting. This was the same damn story, even from the previews. Like, yeah. hashtag unexcited. <laughs> hashtag over it. Yeah. I, uh, man, I don't know. I thought one of the things I was excited about was that, and we'll talk about this more when we get into spoilers, but um, one of the things I was excited about was the fact that there are, um, the first film basically doesn't give you any information that you can rely on about the Blair Witch. And so, like, even the standing in the corner thing, which is, like, one of the iconic shots from the original film, you don't have any idea what that's about. Like, you just know that someone stands in a corner and that's scary, you know? And so I thought there was so much room to play in this mythology that I was hopeful. Are you saying the backstory kind of uh, made you appreciate this? No, no, no. I'm saying that (laughs) with my expectations going into the movie, I said... It, there's just so much room inside of the story to to it, to explore. You were hoping for backstory. I got you. Not backstory necessarily. I mean, just... he actually said after the second time he saw this film this week that he thought that y'all would really love it because of all of the new information we got about the lore. <laughs> when we get into a little bit more spoilers, I will definitely say you know what I appreciated about this film, but I'm still not. But you're I'm... still a hater. I, I would say not a hater. I just really felt like I was watching, and this is no spoilers. I just felt like I was watching Blair Witch 1.5. Like I, I, I felt like they took that story and retold it a different way. So, yeah. just overall thoughts: Did you like this film? Would you recommend it? Amanda this, did not. If this had been Excuse launched in 1999, me talk for myself. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Amanda. We're down to three now. I know. I know. Um, Please go, Mo. Had this been launched in 1999 with the same hype and all that, and obviously it's different special effects, et cetera, they took a whole different view, uh, I I was a fan. Um, But having seen 1999 and having been affected by 1999 and the way they marketed it, uh, this one just didn't, I wasn't scared. I didn't buy into it. I knew it was all fake. uh, And so therefore it just lost a lot of that charm. Would you recommend it? it's kind of one of those things where Blair Witch, Blair Witch is a cult classic. If you enjoyed the first one, uh, consider this like a reboot or a, a digital remake. Like this, this is Star Wars 25 years later, what they can do with technology. I also kind of on the same page as Mo. 
I personally wouldn't watch it again, but if you're a fan of the Blair Witch, I think it's definitely worthwhile to go see, but if you're not a fan or a horror movie fan, you can probably just skip over this one. Yeah, I think 25 years from now, we won't be talking about the second or the third, I guess, installment in the Blair Witch universe, but I think that the original is what it is and is a classic and will continue to be watched and all those kinds of things. So um, I would actually say that you just need to go and watch VHS and VHS too. <laughs> like just watch those instead. You'll be way more scared and I don't know, entertained and not annoyed. And it's found footage that's tolerable. I, I kind of agree with the man. I think in 25 years, we will only be talking about Blair Witch 1. But instead of praising it for being a trendsetter, we'll be condemning it for starting the worst genre ever. <laughs> I mean, that may be true. Listen, you can't blame the the creative for how their creation is abused. <laughs> blame. <laughs> blame listen okay so i'm gonna be the i'm gonna be the lone the lone fan of this film i loved this movie i thought it was super scary and i would wholeheartedly recommend you go see it i had so much fun at this movie and there were multiple times during the film that i had to take a deep breath and remind myself it only has about 30 minutes left and then everything will be okay again <laughs> I, I will admit we did go see it at the alamo draft house which i know we've talked about a million other times but they just they take the movie experience to a whole new level they had an entire so they had all of the little stick figure things hanging up all over the theater oh, creepy they had a tent set up and like a backdrop of the woods oh my gosh it was really cool really really cool but again That's, i was like Meh, it's that is right. awesome. kudos to that, that theater for taking saying, the initiative mm -hmm. i would say that's awesome i might have yeah. enjoyed the movie a little more had i had a setup like that yeah. The the night that I went to the sneak preview, so the the Alamo uh, theater franchise loves the original Bear Witch Project, so they went all out for the advanced screening of this. They actually set up like a mini haunted house as you were walking towards the theater, and you had to go in through this curtain, and they had three people dressed up like the people from the original film just sort of wandering around all glassy-eyed, and as you went in, there was like a fog machine and then you could barely see, but there was a guy standing in the corner, like as you opened the door to go into the theater, like it was, it was very creepy and very well done. That's awesome. Yeah. So uh, any other final general thoughts before we dive into spoilers? No, I think spoilers is where we're going to get to have the most fun here. Okay, well, let's begin spoilers for the Blair Witch starting now. Don't split up. Okay, so let's talk about the biggest problem in found footage in general, which is the cameras. Did you like the new tech that they brought in? Did you have that sense of, oh my gosh, why are they still recording this that typically happens in found footage? Or was this more tolerable? It, it was more tolerable, I'd say. The whole stabilized you know ear camera or whatever was way better than just you know the one cameraman who wasn't good at their job there was still way too much running around and me seeing a whole lot of like dark yeah. woods <laughs> at night um but what i enjoyed about this one is they really kind of blended normal uh cinematography with found footage so you got like she at the end when she's holding the camera, you know, in reverse and using the camera to look behind her. It, there was new things that were brought to it that I thought made it better than some of the old stuff we've seen. 
Yeah, I would agree. I definitely thought that was creative. I thought when they when they busted out the drone, I was like, oh, this is going to be cool. And they're going to like totally pay it off later. And then I was like, oh, that was okay, I guess. Great point. I really was expecting more from that drone. That was a neat, neat addition that just did nothing. So I a girl fall out of a tree. I agree overall. But the one thing that I thought the drone did really effectively was when they the the two times that they did take it up, they were like, oh, you can't see anything like there's nothing like there's you know, it, it there was a sense of claustrophobia in this movie that I didn't that I didn't have even in the first film. And it's crazy because they're outside. But when they took that drone up and you can't see anything at all. Except trees. Except trees. I felt really claustrophobic. And they did that twice. And so, like, I appreciated that. But I do wish that there had been some payoff Mm -hmm. beyond Ashley's um, demise. I enjoyed enjoyed that aspect, JR. I I do agree. And I thought that was going to be some... What's the word I'm looking for? New creativeness to this film. But instead, they still use the old gimmicks as well. Like, I like the fact that even though they walked around or they could have even used it more while they were walking around trying to find their way out to show that they were really getting nowhere. There was no road. There was no end of this forest. But instead, they had the same tricks from the first one. And Like the moment they left their campsite, I said to the person I was watching the film with, I was like, $100 says they come back to their campsite. <laughs> like it was, you know, like they weren't trying, I guess. just for Okay, but, uh, okay but. But isn't that something I thought that I felt like that was more intentional, like because we as the audience know more than the characters in the film of because course. because but. we watched the first film. And so it's more like we we it's that sense of foreshadowing. We know that they're going to get back there. And so watching them come back there and watching them. Watching that horror dawn on them, I think, I don't know, I thought it was effective. I call that cheating. I think what they (laughs) foreshadowed and never played on was uh, when he said, hey, are our cars safe here? And the other guy said, yeah, no one comes out here. You don't have to worry about that. They should have ended up back at their cars and their cars should have either been missing or, uh, you know, tire slash, something like that. Like, that was the scene they foreshadowed. The the campsite was the first film. Uh, they had a drone this time to show them that they were getting nowhere near the exit. Uh, they could have made it back to the clearing with their cars, not had cars there. There, there was new things to be done here. We didn't need okay. to put on the old. But how did you feel? I mean, they, they pretty clearly established the cars were in the safe zone. I mean, they had that whole thing about how this fence is where the woods really start and no one spends the night past this fence. So the, so the drone or just don't write that one scene in. I mean, uh, I, I have to be a safe zone in the woods. So, well, it's not, and that's the whole point. It's not in the woods yet, right? I mean, it's like that was like that was like the whole in in your in your classical hero's journey. That's the crossing of the threshold. That's the once you go past this, there's no going back to the ordinary world. Then I say rely on the drone. My, I think my point still stands. I I read even the first time I saw I saw it, I ended up seeing it twice. Once with a sneak preview and once with Amanda. And both times, especially the first time when, when they're walking away from the cars and you have that lingering shot on their cars and the guy just said, yeah, the cars are safe. I was like, that's it. Like they're never seeing those cars again because <laughs> the cars are safe and they're going where it's not safe. Like I, that's what I thought that scene did. And I thought it did. I, I had such a sense of, of grief and foreboding dread in that shot. I loved it. 
You guys mentioned cheating earlier, and I just want to bring up the fact that this freaking film cheated so many times with all the dumb, loud noises and the 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 cheap jump scares. And oh, I was so annoyed. I oh, do like that. My gosh. I do like that. Lisa did call that out in the movie. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> After like the fourth time someone jumps out at her, she goes, "Why do people keep doing that?" <laughs> that was maybe I- one of my favorite parts of the film. <laughs> I'd agree. I was to say, typically I'm all in for the jump scares because I feel like it builds the tension and kind of draws you into the movie. But this this time, it just didn't work for me in this movie. All of the jump scares, I kind of got over. I was overdone. I was over them. It was a love-hate relationship for me because it was kind of neat that you got to see what I assume was the witch in this one. Um, And I like that the fact that they go into detail about how she was really kind of hung from the tree, like kind of a makeshift rack, as they call it. Uh, so when you see her, she's got these elongated arms and legs, and she's kind of, you know, deformed or creepier than, you know, just a, a witch, your standard witch, or at least what you might envision. Um, but why did that make her go through the forest like Bigfoot? Like, what was mm-hmm. that? Mm-hmm. Was and knocking down trees and making all kinds of crazy well, noises. And yeah. I guess in my mind, what the Blair Witch does is never out of necessity. Explain. I think that her goal is to incite terror. I mean, she could why she could just walk up and knock people out and drag them off. Like, I think it's much more about almost like playing with people. Yeah, I yeah, think I, she just wants to make more movies. I agree. <laughs> I think she's kind of a money snob. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I to me, like those were the things that were a little cheesy. Like. You, I like the fact that the first round of stick figures was a hoax. I thought that added to the group descent that we saw in the first one with, you know, the map and everything. It was kind of a new take on that. Um, You had these guys that lived out there and were kind of trying to play off the fear of the Blair Witch or, you know, kind of be famous, whatever. Like, I like that group descent. I kind of wish they actually would have stuck together more after that um, or crossed paths more. I was a little disappointed that that didn't play in as much. Um, I really like the stick figure breaking. And then what happened? Mm, yeah. Tatalia. Yeah. Yeah. And I had seen no previews. I didn't realize that was a preview moment. Shame on them for making that a preview moment. But that was an awesome scene. I did not see that coming. Um, but yeah, the tents flying into the air and then falling on them later, the trees getting just knocked down, even though they said it was by lightning. And then it's just because apparently she's Bigfoot when you can't see her. Like I, these were weird, <laughs> like additions that didn't do anything for me. You guys so, feel the same? No, I completely agree. I just, yeah. I don't want to be hateful the entire, the entire oh, episode. Embrace it. <laughs> so, what did you think of the overall mythos? So, so okay. One of the things that I think was so effective about the original Blair Witch Project was that you know they spend the first part of the movie interviewing the different people of Burkittsville, and there is not a coherent story of who the Blair Witch is. Right. You have all of these like variations of the uh, the story and you have um, the original woman, Ellie Kettle, I think was her name. Then you have Rustin Parr, who's this guy who killed kids and made someone stand in the corner. And it's like it's almost like there's like four or five different scary stories about the woods. And somehow they're all related to the Blair Witch, but no one bothers to explain how, you know. And so there's this it's this really amorphous mythology uh, that, that doesn't make it doesn't cohere. And in this film, you get that same thing. Every time you hear a story about the Blair Witch, one of the two, uh, Talia and Lane, are like, well, actually, it's like this. And they they even disagree between the two of them about who this person is and, and what, what 
makes the woods so scary. Uh, so did you like that? Did you not? I mean, Mo and Stacey, we know on this podcast, you're big fans of backstory. So did this scratch that itch for you or what? It definitely scratched that itch. I like the introduction of those two characters that are kind of the locals that have more information, but at the same point in time, as you just pointed out, don't really have great information. Um, it, it kind of add to the, or added to the mystery. Um, and then the woods take it from there. Uh, those woods are creepy even when they're just kind of driving by them and just like kind of get this fast, you know, clip of, you know, passing these dark, you know, wet, creepy woods. Like, and like you said, they're leaving the cars, like the rest of the mood is set by, you know, their atmosphere and their setting. Um, but I liked having that backstory just a little bit more. It set it apart from the beginning. Um, at that point in time, I was still kind of expecting maybe something a little more fresh, a little bit new. And then it just kind of disappointed from there. I would say the, the first 30 minutes of this movie set me up for something something different than what we got at the end. Yeah. No, I didn't really I enjoyed the backstory as well. I honestly I I was okay with it, but again, I was just sort of annoyed throughout the entire film anyway. But I that's what I love about urban legends and like all of the the fact that you can kind of interchange things and the fact that all the locals know different tidbits and whatever. Like it definitely made it feel a little bit more real. I just didn't honestly and truly, and I'm sure we'll get to this eventually. I just didn't buy most of the new characters. Like most of them, they were awfully pretty. Like most, uh, I, I mean, just didn't really look like these are, you know, expert campers in the woods and they're just a little bit too wholesome. And See, I, I kind of uh, like that. I feel like that kind of played into their downfall. Like, obviously, we, you know, what's going to happen in this movie going into it. But I liked kind of that they were like naive to the situation and, you know, didn't really know what was going on. Yeah, I get that. I just also because of it being found footage, I find that most of the time characters are that way. They just play like really, really dumb, which I guess, hello, the, the, that's the horror genre. Like we're, we yell at the the screen, like you're so stupid. Don't go up the stairs. Don't split up. Don't, don't do all of these different things, you know? Um, okay. But what, what decisions in this movie did these characters make that you thought were bad decisions going into the woods? <laughs> yeah. <absolutely>. Not <laughs> turning around immediately. So yeah. dumb. Yeah. But at the same time, if you were in the guy's position and you think there's like a glimmer of hope that your sibling might be alive, would you, would you really forego that opportunity? No, I mean, I would probably be stupid enough to do it. I just am annoyed. He was, I, he was like, he was like the golden character. Like there was nothing wrong with him ever. He was just like this really nice guy and he was a paramedic and ugh. I guess what bothered me was the fact that they knew his sister disappeared for, for whatever reason. Then they get this footage that makes it look like maybe something sinister happened. Then they venture out into these extra creepy woods with some people who swear that, yeah, they are creepy and haunted. And yet they're so cavalier about the whole thing. They're joking. They're making fun of the other people. They're getting drunk. And then when creepy things start to happen, they literally don't do one smart thing. Well, like, but isn't that, we split up? isn't that because they don't believe in it? Yeah. But, I, I mean, it became pretty clear that after night one, they all believed. Yeah, but after night one, it was too late. But even then, they still wanted to split up. Like, okay, I'm going to go get wood by myself. 
Um, I'm going to take an extra long time because it's light now. So I'm going to get as far away as I can before nightfall. Get like maybe six sticks in my hand. <laughs> yeah, not have any wood with okay, you. Go so pee here's, and then here's the down. thing. In the woods, it gets dark very quickly. And it was not full yeah. daylight when he went to go get firewood. Here's like, I was the other avoid- thing, JR. When you're in dense woods, there's wood everywhere. Not in that kind of woods like they have out there. <laughs> he was not coming back with the tree trunk, buddy. He That's what I'm saying. There's not, there's not a lot of underbrush. And if you looked, I mean, I was, I was watching, especially the second time through, there's not a lot of loose wood just laying around on the ground. How convenient. And he didn't go that far when, when uh, James or, yeah, when James runs after him, after the tree falls, he gets to him pretty quickly. He gets to where the flashlight is pretty quickly. He wasn't that far away. Far enough. I'm sorry. So, it's called the buddy system. Yeah. Oh, listen, I'm not I'm not disagreeing that I mean our podcast is called Don't Split Up. I'm not saying that he made a wise decision. I'm saying given that they actively disbelieve in any kind of supernatural, as I thought the opening of the film pretty clearly established, um they Which is hundred percent why I get night one. But night two, everyone was rattled. You start to act smarter. Uh also he saw that weird thing crawling around inside his girlfriend's foot. Just right. a muscle spasm. Uh, no, it was not a most spasm. definitely <laughs> not a muscle spasm. <laughs> yeah, the whole weird bleach worm thing. I don't yeah. like that either. <laughs> you didn't like it like you thought it was stupid? Yes. Or you didn't like to like it because it was like real gross but kind of cool? It was extra gross and kind of cool. <laughs> I just... Uh, <laughs> I didn't like it because I didn't think it really went anywhere again. Like yeah. I was expecting a little bit yeah. more to pay out like her whole character. Like it seemed like they just kind of forgot about her and they're like, Oh crap, we got to kill Ashley. Um, yeah, I have thought that she tree. was going to get possessed or something. I thought that would be kind of cool. I was waiting for something crazy to happen with that. And then they were like, Oh wait, she's still here. Um, oh, shiny object. Have her climb after that. Have her climb up a ginormous tree <laughs> with an injured foot yeah. and then fall to her death. And See if anyone can guess what'll happen. Yeah. Yeah. I would say I would say her her whole story story arc was the weakest for me too. But I love that thing in her leg. That was so and I again I actually love that you have no idea what it was. Like it was difficult to tell if it was even a bug or if it was like a tree branch like I assume it was whatever the thing in her foot was, but you don't know. And you just, there's no information about it. And it's just weird and unexplained and scary. Yeah. I, I love that. Uh, I do have to say, when you're complaining about them not making smart decisions, the first night when Lane and Talia are still with them, and Talia says that Lane is missing, uh, James says, we should go look for him, right? And Peter and Ashley are both like, no. No. <laughs> and they stay in their tents and they don't go, Mo. And they say, good luck, man. Like, they're just like, yeah, forget that nonsense. We're out. Makes them bad friends to James. And James and Talia went into the woods and find Peter and all of that. What? So, so Mo, you said you liked the betrayal scene. Did that work? That whole interchange work for, for you, Amanda, and Stacey? You're, and specifically, you're talking about on their walk in when Jay or. Talia and James are giving them the, or not James, uh, Talia and Lane are giving them the backstory. No, 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 no. On the way out, when they're trying to get out of the woods and, and uh, Lisa finds the twine in uh, Lane's backpack. Oh, and I he confesses like that. that he 
confesses that he faked everything. He faked he everything wants, because it's real. Yeah, because he wants him to believe. <laughs> I didn't buy it. I was annoyed. Why? Because I knew that it, that real stuff was about to go down anyway, and this was just a way to split up the group. Yeah, I think I'd agree. I mean, I don't know. I go back and forth. I want to like it because if I was – I I don't know. I would probably want to play a prank on people who didn't believe, like – as someone who believes and takes it very seriously, I'd want to get them to believe. And if I had to do Jerk. it. <laughs> I mean, there were scary enough things already happening in the woods, like all the noises and the what they thought were bears, which is redonkulous. And all, I mean, I, I don't think they needed to fake anything because stuff was about to go down anyway. Like they were never making it back to their cars. I don't know. It was just, to me, that. it was a plot. Right. It was a plot device to me just to divide up the group. I, I think they could have been more creative. Well, I compared it to the map scene in the original yeah. film, and yeah. I that was one of yeah. my most annoying parts of that movie because it felt like it sort of came out of nowhere. Like, all of a sudden, the guy's just like, yeah, I threw it away. And again, from the production standpoint, you know that he threw it away because the directors told him to throw the map away. <laughs> um, but it felt like that. Like, it didn't feel like a, it didn't feel like a realistic thing that someone would do. Whereas I thought, I thought that this scene... Um, it did feel like something that Lane would do. You know, yeah. you did feel that like naked need for someone to believe him and stay with him. Yeah, they mocked him and ridiculed him the whole way in. They were openly laughing at him. Like this was not just kind of payback, but it was like, hey, like I know it's real. I need you to think it's real too. Yeah, like it was it, way more believable. That this piece I actually liked, and I think the group descent is an important part of this film or franchise because, like Jr. mentioned earlier, the witch is trying to terrorize. So, th to me, this was a more believable way to bring that about. Mm -hmm. One of the things I thought was the most scary in the whole movie was the the way that once you're in the witch's domain, there's no clear sense of time. Mm. And so, when when in the in in the middle of the second night, after Peter has gone missing, when Ashley's still passed out in the tent. And Pete and Lane and Talia make it back to camp. And Lane says it's been five or six days. He can't tell because the sun just doesn't come up. Yeah, and that was creepy. Like that was. And then and then again, what happens the next quote unquote morning? Her alarm goes off at 7 a.m., but it's still pitch black. Mm -hmm. And you just sort of realize this is it for them, you know. And then, of course, she runs into Lane in the basement of the house and he's clearly much older yeah, he's like a caveman. He's and he like says, a... you look exactly like I remember you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I was like, ah, yeah. oh, that's so creepy. Like, it, <laughs> it took me a solid minute after that scene to realize that he had like a three-month-old beard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's not like much longer. But it felt like it, it's, yeah, it seemed like that's a statement that you say after you haven't seen someone for, I yeah. don't know, years or something. I don't know. Yeah. Like that. And then, of course, like, of course, the big twist at the end of the movie, which is that you realize that the film that he found and posted was actually from Lisa's camera. Which is where they kind of lost me. Why? Really? I kind of liked that reveal. I, I thought liked that was it, cool. But at the same point in time, how did they get it? Yeah. Don't, don't you ask those questions. Well, what do you mean? I mean, it's <laughs> like the, apparently the uh... apparently in the witch's domain time is not some a rule that she has to play by yeah i don't know it was like cool but i just 
I didn't get this. I don't know. Like there was none of that in the first one. I didn't watch the second one. It was well, like okay. this whole new piece that wasn't alluded to. Like it just felt like all of a sudden we had new rules and new things going on. And I, more- I have to Definitely. respectfully disagree because in the first film, it's 100% clear that the witch has full control over geography. And if we've learned nothing from Star Trek, we should know that space and time are two aspects of this. <laughs> and I do recall oh, seeing Captain Jesus. Kirk at the beginning of this. No, film, I'm just so. saying like physics, space time is a thing. Like it's a connected thing. And if she has control over physical geography, then then it's it's an it's but, a logical next step to say that she has control over time. Did she have uh, control over physical geography or just making them lose their way? I mean, she apparently could fool GPSs. So that means I mean, she's but, a, uh, that could just be a classic electromagnetic interference from a ghost, Jr. Exactly. But at classic no point, ghost hunter 101. At no point <laughs> does the GPS malfunction. They're following it the whole time. Uh, it didn't work. Therefore, it seems like it a did work. It, but did but it? He, he never slaps this. He's not ever like, hey, this thing is glitching or malfunctioning or we're losing the signal. Like he is walking towards where it tells him they left their cars and they end up back at their camp. Which I did not see coming. <laughs> I thought it was I thought it was awesome and I thought it set up a really interesting meditation which I love you know me I love horror films that are about something more than just scares and I thought that the way this film did very subtly establish that that uh this was in some ways about grief because again I can't over overemphasize how much I loved how subtle it was. They made it clear that James has a thing for Lisa that he's never done anything about, right? Like yeah. he he likes her. That was subtle. Um, and more subtle than most movies. Mm. I mean, he doesn't. There's no line of dialogue. You just get some lingering camera shots. You get a couple of awkward interchanges. In most movies, they would be like Peter and James would be getting firewood, and he'd be like, "Hey, man." Are you ever going to talk to Lisa? You've been in love with her since you first saw her in biology <laughs> class freshman year. I know, man, but I'm just like, I value her friendship so much. Like, what if I mess that up? Life's all about risk, man. That's why we're out in the woods looking for your sister. Risk. Like, we didn't get any stupid clunky dialogue like that. It was all done through camera shots and through what I thought felt like very organic dialogue. Maybe subtle isn't the word you want to use, but I thought I thought it was organic in the film. I thought it was communicated really well. I'll give um, you that. And so what I was going to say about that was he's fixated on his sister to the point that literally when he sees Lisa's picture at the beginning of the movie, he thinks it's his sister. And so there's this whole kind of what he really wanted was in front of him the whole time. And so there's that, there's that point right at the end of the movie where he's about to go into the house and the woman that he really wants is standing behind him, him not saying, don't mm-hmm. do this. And he says, this is what I came here for, but it's not really. Like, we know that that's not what he really wants. And so he has this choice. He can go back and be with who he really wants to be with, who's the person that he's actually chasing the whole time, we find out. Or he can go forward, and we know what happens if he goes forward. And what does he do? And so I like that because he's trapped by grief, grief over his sister. And if you've ever been in like a really nasty grief or you, you know, someone who grieves like grief does feel timeless. The days blend together. You feel like the sun's never going to come up. Like all of these, all of these things that the film is doing for scares actually like subtly work to talk about how we grieve. And I, I love that the movie doesn't do anything. It just like, it has it in there, but it's, it is, I felt really subtle. 
I feel like you could watch this movie and walk away from it and not think about grief at all. But someone who has grieved the loss of a family member, I think that I think it's really recognizable in the midst of that. And I, I love that. And and I will say, honestly, I did walk away like grief was never a prevalent thing for this. I saw everything you're talking about with Lisa and him loving her and, you know, the kind of time rewind and the fact that it was her in the film. That stuff kind of popped out to me. But to me, like, I guess my biggest beef with this film is I just didn't have that much differentiation from the first one. And so I felt like had they just showed a 30 second clip of the first one or the tape um anything and then they go in and he's looking for his sister like this just seemed like Blair Witch one to me again I just didn't have enough separation to get that into it I loved it man I loved it. When, when, when they find the house I was just so horrified because who thought that was gonna happen no you knew it was gonna happen that's but... my point I knew everything was gonna happen except for Lane I really liked Lane being in the house with the beard. I didn't see that coming. And again, what he says is Rustin Parr was right, or Rustin Parr understood, you have to do what she tells you. Yeah, I like oh. that too. And I like that she gets into the tunnels, and you know they're not going to go anywhere because they've already disclosed that those tunnels lead nowhere. Um, Wait, you knew what was going to happen, but you still liked it? I just like that they used the backstory. <laughs> Damn you, JR, you pay attention so well. I, I enjoyed the tunnels, except for there was no payoff. Like, she didn't get grabbed by her ankle. I mean, yes, it was super claustrophobic, and I was really uncomfortable. And, like, her grabbing at the mud where she couldn't scoot through, like, that was all really scary. But yeah. why didn't she get eaten by the Blair Witch or something? Because she ends up right back where she started, yeah. which is, which is that's like the, the whole theme. part of this. Yeah, exactly. Movie. That's like that it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter whether the witch is right there or not. You still can't do anything. You can't get away. Yeah. Like that's what's scary about it. Like everything was very predictable in this film. Um, and I guess that's why I keep going back to if this had been the first Blair Witch, it, a lot of these things were cool. There were some things in this that I wish they would have done with the first one. It's just after having seen the first one, I felt like I had the map to how this one was going to play out. And it took away a lot of the scare factors. Like the new cool things were, um, I love that stick figure snap. That's probably my best. I know I'm a little premature on that one, but that was awesome. Um, and then like her using the camera to turn it around to see the Blair Witch, kind of the whole um, oh, uh, Medusa style thing. You know, you yeah. got to use your shield to look at her because you don't want to die of fright. Like those were cool additions. Uh, and I appreciated a lot of that stuff that was in the film. Uh, but to me, it was just like, all right, I've seen this movie before. This is just, these are the outtakes we didn't get the first time. Let's talk about uh, actually showing the monster in the movie. Uh, now, again, in the first film, they intended to show something. There's that scene where they're running after the tent gets attacked. And yeah. one of them says, what is that? What the F is that? And the camera swings. Uh, one of the directors was actually standing in a costume of some kind. And it was just the camera was a bad enough camera that it didn't register. Mm -hmm. uh, so they they intended to show something in the original film and, and sort of accidentally did not. Uh, in this film, they obviously do show glimpses of we presume that is the Blair Witch. Uh, what did you think of their choice to do that? It's one of the few times where I kind of liked it um, because you had that. Uh, moment earlier when he, him and Talia, Lane and Talia are arguing about how she died and he just gives you that extra 20 seconds of he's like, well, she was in the tree 
but they hung these rocks from her. It was this makeshift rack. Like, how brutal was that? And so when you see this kind of, like, thin man, weird-looking, elongated-limbed creature, you're like, oh, the rack. I get it. And that that was kind of cool to me. And they never really held on to her. It was always, you know, ducking out of a room or behind a tree. It was just enough to kind of reinforce that, you know, previous story. I wish we could we could have seen a little bit more of her. I because it just yeah, like I I wish that it would the the camera would have lingered on her more so that we could have seen the grotesqueness. I thought yesterday you said you hated that they showed it at all. Well, yeah, if if they're gonna <laughs> show her. Show her a lot, not just like this weird. Because Ooh, in, in no, the original, I disagree. because in the original, they don't show anything at all. I don't know. Don't I call not, me like, out on it. It's fine. I think less is more when it comes to revealing the scary monster. Because for anyone who's seen Jeepers Creepers, which is not a good movie in the first oh, place, it's so uh, good. When they <laughs> finally show this weird flying monster over the cornfield and everything it like completely loses any horror or tension that it's built up the whole movie for me. Um, and I feel it's that way with most monster films. Like when you can't see it, when it's always the, you know, creature in the dark or the, the, the being just out of sight, it is terrifying. And then when it's there, like, yeah, it's creepy because it's this big nasty monster, but you lose, it's all that buildup in your head that, you know, that psychological, like hey, of the unknown. I still have nightmares about Jeepers Creepers. <laughs> oh, yeah, that, that, that movie was so bit Horrifying. Yeah, yeah. See, I don't know. Typically, I don't... Don't laugh I... at me, JR. <laughs> it was a scary, freaking movie, okay? I'm sorry. Oh. I, I feel very ashamed to admit it, but it was, and I still have nightmares. No, it's creepy. Freaking it creeps me out, Amanda. I know. Yeah. In the corner, no. in the shower, he's going to swoop in and get oh. me Oh. Sometimes I have nightmares that I'm being tortured in Abu Ghraib, and it, they're just making me watch that movie over and over. Again. <laughs> oh gosh. It's that and Blair Witch Two over and over and over. Oh, and the gallows. Man. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway. what were you saying, Stace? I'm sorry. Um, no, you're okay. I would say typically, I, I wish they wouldn't have showed her at all. Like I liked in the first one how you didn't get any any glimpse of her or whatnot, I felt like that made it scare, scarier. But seeing her a little bit this time around, definitely just, it didn't work for me. I, I thought it was perfect. <laughs> the first time when Lisa, because I was like, okay, how are they going to get Lisa in the house? Because you know she's got to go in, right? I was like, is she just going to run in after James or what? Uh, and then when she hears the, the crashing around, I was like, oh, okay. And then she sees a glimpse of it. And I was like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> she runs in the house and shuts the door. And I was like, yeah, of course. And then just, just that little glimpse, you knew that was what was behind her in the tunnels. You knew that's what's behind. And then again, they show it as she's running up back up the stairs. She yeah. kind of swings around and it comes at her again. And then you just get that little glimpse in her camera. Oh, just really, again, I thought really effective, really scary. Um, I thought it was a, a perfect amount of just glimpses and hints and implications. I, so, I agree. It was enough to terrify the viewer, but not enough to ruin the... It wasn't uh, enough to show. Yeah, exactly. so there's still enough for your imagination to do, right? Well, and we had two visuals. We had this creepy, elongated, like, monster type thing. And then we had the, uh, is that James's sister character running yeah. around. And yeah, so, like the hobo lady? Yeah. Exactly. So this, you know, you had two different things going on. You're not really sure what's what. Like, it, it added to it. You never, you never stayed on it for too long. 
the one scene I, I didn't think was necessary was when the, the hobo lady popped up right in front of James and instead of like really being scary, James is like, is that my sister? Like, uh, <laughs> but like, I don't know. I, I also, like he was four when she went missing. I don't, I mean, other than seeing pictures around his house growing up, I don't know how he would know what she looks like. Yeah, especially after living in a cabin in the woods for 20 yeah. years. Yeah. She didn't do. I mean, to be fair, it's not like he could see her. That's why he was like, Heather? Heather? Like, he wasn't like, you're my sister. Well, I mean, from that two-second YouTube video, he was pretty convinced that that was Heather. He did say, I think that might be my sister. Whatever. Uh, any final thoughts before we do best worst? This movie was the worst. <laughs> uh, oh, man. We have you on. I, we have you on tape. Definitely saying the opposite. So, uh, can you rewind and prove that? I don't think so. All right. What was your favorite scare in this film? Oh, I'll, I'll go first. I haven't mentioned it yet. Uh, I really, really liked the part where they broke that stick figure. <laughs> you were being sarcastic. <laughs> I thought you were being really real and Ryan was like, no, I'm so curious and then, oh no, it's just the snapping thing again, cool yeah, no, that was, You know what, that knowing that you were going to say that didn't take any of my joy away when you said it Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh man What about you, Amanda? Oh, I mean none of them I thought that one of the coolest payoffs was that it was definitely her in the in the the YouTube tape or whatever like i was like oh yeah they even did it like shot for shot but i don't none <laughs> so hateful none? yeah we, we flip-flopped it's it's gone from all of it to none of it yeah i like it amanda and all well and i can just tell you my worst because i've already said it the noises all of the loudness all of the cheapness oh yeah. i was so annoyed walking out of this movie the, they could have played the tree breaking thing up. They didn't need the whole, is there a dinosaur in the background? Oh, that's what I, I actually said that afterwards. I was like, I didn't realize that there were T-Rexes and Velociraptors running right? around. I, I was waiting for the shot on the cup of water. Uh, yeah, they they took, they probably took noises from directly from Jurassic Park just for this film. Quick, quick side note. Did you know that the T-Rex noise is really a slowed down turtle? No, but that's amazing that's, and horrifying. That's a fact. Wow. JR, what was your best? Or let's leave you for last because you you love this film. Stacy, what was your best? Um, and it, we didn't get the payoff, so I kind of feel like I'm cheating here. But I actually really like the scene where she's stuck in the tunnel and she gets stuck and she's claustrophobic. For me personally, that's where I was like most scared because if I was in her position. I would have freaked out. Like I wouldn't have been able to keep my cool. I would have just like had a full blown anxiety attack. But that that scene worked for me in a lot of ways, even though there wasn't a payoff in the end. And that's probably like the closest scene to the original scene where the girl's like filming herself, you know, and she's terrified and crying. Like that, I'd say that's the closest we get to that breakdown, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I I don't know. I thought that was pretty a pretty good where like nothing actually happens. Like she just does have that breakdown. But then she's like, okay, like, I can't stay here. Yeah. Let's, let's keep going, you know? So she, you, you, you get both. Like, you, you get the, I can't do this anymore. Well, I have to. So, like, get moving. And it, it, right, doesn't, yeah. it doesn't rely on a pep talk from James. It doesn't rely on the Blair Witch coming behind her. Like, that does happen, but after she already resolves to keep moving, right? 
-hmm. So I did like that. Uh, my favorite was it's so I thought the whole third act of this film was just basically relentlessly terrifying from from the moment uh, they wake up and it's 7 a.m. But it's still pitch black basically until the end of the movie didn't really let up except for Ashley stuff. Um, so when they get out of the tents and there are like 17 million stick figures of all sizes and shapes all around them, that was horrifying. And I thought the sound editing, I mean, yeah, I, there were a lot of problems like with the sound editing in this film overall, just being so loud and jarring, but like when Talia backs into the giant stick figure and it sounds like a whole tree, it's like, and like rocks. I thought that was so scary. And then her getting snapped in half by Ashley breaking the one with her hair made out of her hair. Uh, and then the tents getting sucked up into the air and then them running through the woods and then finding the house, getting it. It was just like, that was just so nonstop. Once they were in the house, I was so nervous. Like I was like this, I mean, again, I knew that they were both going to die in there, but I just, I was so scared when she, he runs in and runs upstairs. She runs in and runs downstairs finding lane that last time all the creepy stuff he kept saying to her like i just i thought it was so well done and and i thought it paid off so well everything they'd been doing in the film up to that point so so your best is the third act the whole third mm -hmm. act i just thought it was great <laughs> so scary that sounds like a move i'd pull just saying yeah. well he only chose a third of it amanda mm. well if i was going to choose one thing that scared me the most it, it was the way the film played with time I mean, all the things Lane said and the fact that it was it was it was her in the film and it was like their film was the thing the witch gave them to lure them into the woods. That was that whole idea that she can do that is terrifying. Classic witch. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Everyone knows witches play with time. That's like the one thing they all do. <laughs> what was uh, your worst then, Jar? My worst was Ashley, uh, specifically like her with the tree and the drone. Um if that had been like an early scare in the film, that would have been okay. But it was definitely way less interesting than everything else happening in the film at that point. I agree. Like had she gone in the tree earlier out of fear and fallen and been more injured and maybe they had to leave her behind, but somehow she got to the house ahead of them or if that injury would have forced them to leave her behind and then something would have happened. Like if they just never really played on the whole she was injured. She couldn't, like, I don't know. Like, it seemed like whenever she needed to, she was running just as, I mean, she ran so fast, she lost her two friends. Mm -hmm. And that was with a weird worm crawling out of her foot. Like, I don't, mm -hmm. her whole arc was my worst as well. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, you could, if you wanted to explain it in the sense that the witch seemed to be in control of how much pain she was feeling. Yeah. Like, she'd be walking okay, and then all of a sudden you'd hear that snap, and she'd fall, and she'd be like, ah, oh, my foot just acted up. Which was, like, was the yeah. other thing, like, did no one else hear her leg break 17 times? Like, <laughs> what, did she just happen to step on a stick every single time it hurt? Like, that was weird. Mm -hmm. And the EMT's like, yeah, it looks bad, but whatever. We'll get her. I mean, I guess in his mind, it was like, <laughs> we'll get out of the woods and get her to an ER. Like, I've done everything I can. But I, I, was, I was really expecting more payoff with the group and her foot, especially after Peter sees the quote-unquote muscle spasm. Yeah. It was clearly not a muscle spasm. But then again, you know, Peter does go and look at it, and he, or James does go and look at it, and he comes back, he's like, yeah, man, like, it's infected, but I didn't see anything in there. So I, if, if you take it as the witch is messing with them, okay, but 
there was just less payoff than I wanted for 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 her. Yeah. Stacy, did you have a worst? Because I already shared mine. Um, my worst might just be the whole found footage thing. I'm over yeah. it. Mm-hmm. I was not happy to see this, this movie. And if we never I, had to do another one again, I couldn't be happier. Other than VHS, give that a chance. Okay. Yeah, well, VHS yeah. is uh, the exception. V- yes, I'll agree there. But there is one? a there is a horror comedy coming out soon called Found Footage. Oh, and it's a spoof. Like scary movie, kind of. Well, no, pro- I think more like a Tucker and Dale uh, or that uh, a Final mm-hmm. Girls, where it's yeah. like it is a found okay. footage horror movie, but it's also making fun of found footage horror movies. I can deal with a parody. Okay, but no more. Say that no mass people. We can't I'd, do it. I'd say we'll we'll take a break, but that's what we said before JR made us watch this. So mm. I can't wait for Blair Witch Three, you guys, or Blair <laughs> Witch Four, or whatever. <laughs> Everyone go see this movie so we get a sequel. <laughs> no, don't please don't all right. all right well we're about out of time uh so we are going to go back into the woods for our next episode to see evil dead 2 and army of darkness uh so that we can watch Ooh, ash versus evil actually, dead seasons one and two back into the woods and back in time hey Whoa. look at that Tied so, that in real well. Uh, Amanda is finally watching Ash vs. Evil Dead Season 1, and I'm getting to rewatch it in preparation for that episode, and I'm so happy. Mm. It um, makes his heart very, very happy. Yeah, such a good show. <laughs> Stacey, have you started watching it yet? No. Oh, but that officially means I need to start watching it, if Amanda <laughs> is. <laughs> yeah. So uh, make sure you watch Evil Dead 2 and Army of Darkness uh, in preparation for our next episode, assuming you've like us seen them a hundred times already, but just go ahead and, and rewatch them. Unless you're me or Stacy, and then you've only seen them each once or never. <laughs> but that's cool either, too. Whichever. Way, yeah. You're welcome. Yeah. 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 Either way, a good excuse to watch both of those films. Uh, we'll be back soon with that episode. In the meantime, let us know what you thought of the Blair Witch at don'tsplitup.com or facebook.com slash don't split up. Let us know how many more found footage films you think you can watch before your soul breaks. Uh, and zero. As always, thanks for listening. And until next time, whatever you do, don't split up. Join J.R., Stacey, Amanda, and Mo to discuss blood, guts, horror, and gore. In our podcast, Don't Split Up, where we discuss horror movies and how great or not they are. Because as you know, in every horror movie, the first rule of survival is never leave your friends. So don't split up if you want to make it to the end. No, don't. Don't split up. Well, this place is huge. No one take the back porch. Scream if you see anything. That won't be hard. But in observation of this loaded moment, I am not in favor of splitting up, nor am I three days from retiring. I will not be right back.